slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today, and we've got a lot of Islanders news to talk about, a trade rumor going around, and it, it's pretty big one if, uh, for that matter. Islanders looking at a player who really could turn their offense around. We'll discuss that rumor in depth. We'll also talk about the importance of the Islanders' power play and why it's made such a difference for the Islanders this season. We'll break down some of the players who are actually helping to make it work. We'll also have a full preview of tonight's game at Newark against the New Jersey Devils. Islanders and Devils getting together uh, in another important matchup that the Islanders need to take advantage of. We'll have all of this and a lot more on today's show. If you've got an Islanders-related topic on your mind, you've got a question for us, a, a topic that you'd like us to discuss, a comment on something that was said or discussed on the show, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, like uh, Bob from uh, Brentwood, we are more than happy to mention you on the air when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am almost always tweeting during Islanders games for immediate analysis and insight into what's happening. So, the rumor going around right now is that the New York Islanders are one of five NHL teams who are inquiring about Nashville Predators forward Philip Forsberg. And I'll tell you, right now, that would be a huge, huge addition to the New York Islanders' offense. But before you get carried away, a lot of aspects of this that need to be discussed. Forsberg is a talented offensive player, drafted 11th overall back in 2012 by the Washington Capitals, traded to the Preds before he ever played an NHL game, and, you know, he has had uh, back-to-back 30-goal seasons in 2015-2016 and 2016-2017 in the last three seasons, 64 points in 67 games. 28 goals in 64 games, and then last year, 21 goals, 48 points in 63 games. So far in 21 games this season, Philip Forsberg has 9 goals and 19 points. So very close right now to a point a game. He's 26 years old, and 
realistically would add a lot to the Islanders, both their top line and their power play. And the only, I guess, aspect of this is I would assume he would replace Jordan Eberle on that top line and that you go Barzal, Lee, and Forsberg and then drop Eberle down to the second line, drop Bailey perhaps down to the third. But at the end of the day, uh, I am wondering whether or not Forsberg and Barzal would play well together. So that's one aspect that you have to sort of figure out. Both of these guys like the puck on their stick. Barzi likes to carry the puck. And I don't know if he and Forsberg would mesh at this point. So that is one aspect that you have to ask. But you know what? At the end of the day, even if you separate them on different lines, even if Forsberg drops to the second line for whatever reason, then you're talking about setting up the Islanders with, you know, a top six set of forwards that for the first time in a long time would put the Islanders up there in not quite elite territory, but certainly among the top 10, top six forwards in the league, if you were able to add him. So, you know, you talk about this team needing a little extra scoring. I have mentioned before on the show They don't need a 50-goal guy. They don't need a a Rocket Richard trophy-winning kind of a guy. But you get me a steady 25 to 35-goal scorer. Well, Philip Forsberg fits that mold absolutely perfectly. But the bigger issue for the New York Islanders is this. Number one, if you're going to acquire him at the trade deadline, what are you giving back to the Preds? They're going to want a number one pick. They may want uh, a a few young players or prospects. And obviously, you have to take that into consideration. What is the cost of acquiring Philip Forsberg? The other aspect of it that absolutely needs to be figured out is that Forsberg has a cap hit right now of $6 million. And that's for this year and next year. Now, if you wait till the trade deadline, you might be able to make a couple of moves to to finagle enough cap space to get him to finish the year. And depending on who gets traded back to Nashville, you may be able to uh, free up some cap space that way to make it work. But you're also counting on the fact that the Islanders would either have to shed some salary next year or hope that the cap goes up enough next year uh, in order to make him affordable under the cap. But I'll tell you something else. You get a player like Philip Forsberg, who is still young, who still has, let's say, four or five years of prime hockey time left. Uh, If you can add a player like that to your lineup, you take the Islanders from the second tier of contending teams, which is probably where they are now, and you put them up there with the first tier of contending teams. Now, is Forsberg willing to play Barry Trotz-style responsible hockey? He had to do it in Nashville to a a large extent. He is, uh, you know, played in a system in Nashville that 
encourages that kind of hockey. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. And oh, by the way, just so you know, who was the coach of the Nashville Predators during the first two seasons that Forsberg was in the organization? Some guy named Barry Trotz may come to mind. Now, uh, in those two seasons, Forsberg played a grand total of 18 games under Trotz, had one goal, uh, five assists, six points in those 18 games. But the fact of the matter is he is familiar with Trotz's system and can be an asset. I think this is still a long shot, but Lou Lamorello, got to be patient, got to wait this out. You know he's not going to make a move unless he feels it's right. And I think Lou Lamorello has earned uh, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to if this move is possible, you get the feeling that Lou will make it. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about on the show. We're going to look at the Islanders' power play and how important it's been to the team's success and the players that are making it go. We'll also preview tonight's game in Newark against the Devils. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterperson orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And go to rockauto.com right now and you can choose from hundreds of auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. So, for the Islanders, special teams have been very special lately, and it's made a huge difference in the success of the Islanders in recent weeks. And you look at the standings right now, and you see where the Islanders are, and it really is, a lot of it has to do with special teams. Islanders through 21 games, 11-6-4, that gives them 26 points, tied for second place with the Bruins in the tough East Division, only two points behind the Capitals. Boston does have a couple of games in hand on both Washington and the Isles, but at the end of the day, the Islanders are in the thick of this division race. Now, you look at 
the statistics. In games where the Islanders score at least one power play goal, they are 7-2-3 and three this year. If they do not score at all on the power play, they are a 500 hockey team, an NHL 500. Four wins, four losses, one overtime or shootout loss. So you go from being a pretty dominant team to a very average team when you're not getting the puck in the net on the power play. Now, right now, the Islanders' power play is hitting at 25% for the season. That ranks them 11th in the league on the power play. And if you think back a year or two years, you know, last year throughout the season, the Islanders were in the low to mid-20s in the league, 22nd, 24th, 25th out of 31 teams. To be 11th in the top third right now is impressive. And when you add to the equation the fact that the Islanders are essentially, you know, pointing upward right now, uh, that adds to the equation. Now, who are some of the players who are making the power play go? Well, leading the team in power play goals right now, Brock Nelson with five then Anders Lee and Jean-Gabriel Pajot have three each, and then a whole bunch of other players have one. Keep in mind, Brock Nelson with five. Last year, no Islander player had more than four power play goals all season. So, and, it, and the other thing you notice, Pajot is on that second unit of the power play. Uh so it's not just the number one unit, the so-called number one unit, that's getting the job done. Then you look at power play assists, and how about Nick Letty? Seven power play assists, one power play goal, eight of his 14 points have come with the man advantage, and Letty really is sort of the quarterback of the power play. He sparks it, he makes it go, and I'm saying this flat out, Nick Letty not getting as much credit as he deserves for the improved play he's had this year, stepping into a bigger role after the departure of Devon Taves and the retirement or forced retirement of Johnny Boychuk, and helping to improve this power play. Next on the assist list, Josh Bailey, the Islander forward with probably the best vision and hockey sense on this roster. Six power play assists out of his 10 assists on the year. You give a guy like Bales a little bit more space and a little bit more time to find the open man, he's going to do it. An up-and-comer on the power play is Oliver Wallstrom, and we've spoken about him. He has a goal and four assists on the power play, and he had that goal on Sunday against Pittsburgh. That was his first career power play goal in the NHL. And it was a it was a goal scorer's kind of a goal, and it's what you want to see from Oliver Wallstrom. And this team, realistically, again, uh, for a young future scoring forward like Wallstrom, when you're on the power play, they're not able to check you quite as closely. It's a little bit less physical on the perimeter of the power play. And again, you have a little more time and a little more space. That makes Wallstrom even more dangerous than he usually is. And again, as he physically matures and gains experience, 
you'll see more of that kind of play at even strength from Oliver Wallstrom as well. Matt Barzal, a goal and three assists with the extra attacker. Noah Dobson, three helpers. And then, obviously, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who has three goals, two assists with the extra attacker. And by the way, Pajot, two shorthanded goals as well to lead the Islanders in that category. But again, what we're seeing with the man advantage, better puck movement, uh, better zone possession time, more, more consistent than they have been in the past, and more motion without the puck. And what they're doing, they're going through Letty, they're going through Barzal, uh, they are moving the puck around, setting things up, and then you got guys like Anders Lee and Brock Nelson who go to the goal and try to get those tips, those rebounds, and, and the like. I like the way this team is playing on the power play. And quite simply, when they are on, this team is even more dangerous than they otherwise are. And one thing that is for sure, when you're struggling on offense, when you aren't the most deep and talented offensive team like the Islanders who play a defense first system on top of that when you have an effective power play that cancels out some of that weakness at five on five if the Islanders offense is average five on five but their power play is top third in the league that's why you get a seven two and three record when you get a power play goal in a game, and that bodes well for the Islanders moving forward. Now, you add a Philip Forsberg to the power play and to the lineup, wow, that adds a whole different weapon, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. That hasn't happened yet. We've got more to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll look ahead to tonight's game in Newark against the Devils. All that and more still to come right after this. Islanders fans, today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and of course the National Hockey League are all in full swing, and maybe you could take your knowledge of the New York Islanders and use it to help make yourself some extra cash. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine are all on betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So you put $100 in, they'll throw in an extra $50 to your account absolutely free at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Tuesday on Locked On NHL, it's all about East Coast bias as Locked On Sabres host Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs took a, take a look at the biggest stories in the Eastern Conference from Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin to the defending champion Lightning, the up-and-coming Rangers, and everyone in between. Locked on NHL is the place to be for Eastern Conference intel every Tuesday. Subscribe to Locked on NHL wherever you get podcasts. So, tonight, the Islanders heading to Newark. 
their lone road game for quite some time, by the way. And they'll be taking on the New Jersey Devils. The Devils, uh, 7, 9, and 2 right now on the season. And you look at the standings and New Jersey uh, in 7th place in the Eastern Conference. Now, they've only played 17 games. That's four games fewer than the Islanders. And the Devils, you know, they had a, a whole bunch of time missed as a result of COVID protocols and players who were sick. Right now, New Jersey has lost four of their last five, including their last two, dropping a pair over the weekend to the Washington Capitals by scores of 5-2 to two and 3-2, to two, those games both in Newark. So the Devils, they were off to a pretty hot start, but they have been struggling a lot more right now in recent games. And special teams, you know, we talked about that. And the New Jersey Devils dead last in the NHL on the penalty kill. 62.3% is their penalty kill rate. That means that opposing teams are scoring 37.7% of the time when they get a power play against the New Jersey Devils. So look for that tonight, that the Islanders power play which has served them well, which has been hot, can they take advantage of going up against the most struggling penalty kill in the National Hockey League? The power play, only 23rd in the league. They're hitting at 16% efficiency right now. Offense is a bit of a problem for the Devils. They do not have any players right now at a point a game place. Pavel Zaka, uh, 14 points in 17 games, leading the team. Jack Hughes, 12 points, and Ty Smith, 11. Miles Wood, 10, and you go down from there. But you know what? This is a young team, a talented team, and they are playing better under their new head coach, Lindy Ruff. Uh, top line right now, Jack Hughes centering Andreas uh, uh, Johnson and Kyle Palmieri. That is the top trio. Pavel Zaka is the second line center with Jesper Bratt and Nikita Gusev on his wings. Travis Zajac, the reliable veteran, just played in his thousandth NHL game. He's the third line center flanked by Miles Wood and Igor Saran, uh, Sarangovich. And then on the fourth line, Michael McLeod is the pivot with Mikhail Malstev and Nathan Bastian on his wings. On defense, uh, Ty Smith and Damon Severson are the top pairing, followed by Dmitry Kulikov and P.K. Subban. The third pairing, Sammy Vatnin and Will Butcher. In goal right now for New Jersey, Aaron Dell, the former San Jose Shark, and Mackenzie Blackwood are the duo, and it remains to be seen which one of them will get the call. Dell has only played in one game. One name, obviously, you did not hear on that list is Nico Highshire. He is day-to-day, -day, so it remains to be seen whether or not he is ready to return to action. He obviously would give the Devils a little boost 
offensively if he is able to return. Ryan Murray also day-to-day for the New Jersey Devils. But as far as the Islanders are concerned, uh, they have got to be hoping to take advantage of that New Jersey penalty kill, their weakness in that area. And uh, they need these two points. Let there be no doubt that all season long, the Eastern Division is going to be an absolute battle. And because the Devils are so far back in the standings, it shouldn't bother the Islanders very much if they win this game in overtime or in a shootout. Uh, but you want to get those two points. So far, these teams have split their two games. The Islanders winning at the Coliseum 4-1 to in the first meeting. Then the Devils came back and beat the Islanders 2 to nothing in the second meeting between these two clubs. And you're going to see the Devils a lot in addition to tonight's game, March 11th, 13th, and 14th. So you're going to see Devils-Islanders three times uh, in the middle of this month, two of those games in Newark, one of them at the Coliseum. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter. I'll be tweeting during the game, keeping you up to date on everything that's going on. And we will be back tomorrow with a full recap of this game against the Devils and all the latest Islanders news and notes. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, Let's go Islanders.